Hello, and welcome to another episode of Engaging and Teaching and Learning, a podcast produced by the Virtual Learning Lounge, a network of online resources focused on teaching and learning at Las Cruces Public Schools. Through our interviews with LCPS staff, we want to celebrate what's happening in our district and learn more about how we can support all learners. I'm your host, Jesse Perio, and co-hosting with me today is Laura Ramsey and Kina Marlett. Laura and Kina, can you take a few minutes to just uh, introduce yourselves today? Hi, everybody. I'm Laura Ramsey. I work at the TLC. This year, I am working as a K-8 social studies content specialist, and I also help support um, people who are writing their dossiers. And so welcome. Thank you for joining us. And my name's Kina Marlette, and I am an elementary ELA content specialist this year. Well, thank you. Thank you both for helping me out today with this. Um, I know I needed some help at the elementary level, so I appreciate that. So today's show is the first episode in a series of three on student engagement during remote learning. Um, today, we're starting off our series with an elementary teacher, Christy Lauterbach. And Christy Lauterbach has been teaching with LCPS for 10 years. She has been an active in district curriculum work and is currently working on completing her master's degree in educational leadership through NMSU. Christy, can you, we'd like to know a little bit more about you if you would like to share and tell us your why. So why did you become an educator? Um, thank you, Jesse. Uh, it's great to be with you all today. I became an educator because I was a student who um, things didn't come easily to. Um, I spent um, most of my time in the general education classroom, but um, I was identified with a learning disability and went to resource rooms. And um, I wanted it so bad and I had to try so hard. And I did have some great teachers who were very supportive but I also had teachers that um, at times made me feel inadequate and didn't recognize my effort. And I wanted to be there for students and recognize their effort and um, just be a teacher on their side, knowing that um, it doesn't come easily for everyone. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Cool. You know, Christy, so this year, I think like the big buzzword has been student engagement. And I think it's driven, it's always there, but it's driven more so because we are learning remotely. And so what does student engagement look like in the, in the elementary setting in this remote, remote learning period? Oh, I think you froze up um, for me there for a moment, but um, so what does student engagement look like um, in elementary? Um, well, um, I think that we um, are having similar struggles just like um, in middle and high school. Um, in um, my school, um, um, as with other elementary schools in the district, uh, this year has been better than it was when we first went remote in the spring. In my classroom, I have 77% of my students who come very regularly, um, you know, to the four times a week, uh, asynchronous learning times. And really, you know, 85%, I would say, are fully engaged because I have a couple of students who we've made arrangements um, that they just meet with their caseworkers um, because of their schedule and um, that that works best for them. But they're they're fully engaged and they're welcome when they can come to my 
to my class, but we um, we do struggle. Um, we we would of course want more than 77 or 85 percent of students who are regularly engaged in um, the online learning. So I think it is just um, a constant effort to increase that engagement. And if there was a second part of that question, I think I missed it. Oh, that's okay. So, I mean, that leads us to like, is there something that you do specifically in the way you organize your classroom that you feel right now has been really successful? Um, yes, I think so. I have stuck with the district recommendations for I teach third grade and we meet at 12 o'clock. So there wasn't that conflicting information and that was the time put out for the for the district. I think it's confusing for families enough about, okay, when do we do things? And um, also I offer the twice a week um, small group sessions for reading and math for my students. Um, and I think what has helped with engagement with organization is keeping things simple also. And um, I really, um, I took to heart that suggestion from our superintendent with conferences when asking parents, what could I do to um, make the um, virtual learning experience um, better. And a lot of those suggestions were very um, doable, you know, as far as organization of the Canvas page and just what people um, need from me, what do families need from me to um, help make them su um, successful. So um, their, that their suggestions are um, hugely important to how I organize my class and I have assignments just due on a weekly um, basis, but I, I'm always open to how um, to make it better work for my students and my family. Very cool. Can you walk us real quickly through um, what your remote classroom looks like? So um, how my, like I said, we meet um, every day at 12 o'clock and I split that time most of the time between um, math and reading. I begin with math. I have students that um, go to a fourth grade math teacher. So they need to be able to depend on when I start my whole group um, language arts instruction. So um, I, in math, um, I give direct instruction when we're introducing a concept and um, I welcome um, student um, responses and encourage those student responses as we progress with new concepts. We use um, breakout rooms for a couple minutes at a time and have um, students be able to share. Um, my students have gotten more comfortable with using the whiteboard on Zoom to show their work. It's still, um, it's difficult. Um, you know, uh, it's even difficult for me when, when you're drawing things out. Mm -hmm. um, uh, not like a regular whiteboard, but they like that. They like um, to share their work. Um, we um, do have them put answers in um, the chat box and have them all respond at one time. Just different ways to have all students be able to um, respond. Um, in our small groups, I have that um, based on uh, specific things that uh, students need to work on in both reading and in math. I have scheduled those for 30 minutes at a time. Um, the district suggestion was 15 to 20. 
But, um, you know, by the time people log on and if they're a couple minutes late, and I think that's a great opportunity for the students to, you know, share a little bit. It's a, it's a small group setting. Though by the time we get down, you know, to the work, we have about 20 minutes um, of actual work that we put in. Um, there are some things, you know, that the students see more of, you know, on my Canvas page, um, you know, like with science and if I have videos um, for them to watch that I don't get to spend as much time with direct instruction. However, um, I am also available um, four days a week from 8.30 to 9.15 for all of my students for my student um, office hours, and they can come in at that time and get um, more support in areas that um, th they need more um, instruction in. And this isn't um, something that I you know, direct them to do. It is just an offering that they have because we just have that hour of asynchronous learning time in um, the third grade, You know, when you don't count our small group time. Wow, it sounds like you're just doing so much to really support kids, and and it's awesome to hear that that you do have such high attendance in terms of like compared to some other some other grades and some other classrooms. That's I was I was going to say the same thing. Like your that percentage of attendance rate sounds pretty good, honestly, compared to some of the other classes I've heard about. So that is awesome. You must be doing some great things. Um, I, I think what may have, um, you know, helped when I got the year started, I had parent meetings. I had a couple of times offered, you know, in the evenings before we were kicking things off and um, let the parents get their feet wet in um, Canvas, um, showing them how to submit things, letting them know that I was there for them, letting them know when they could reach out to me, how long it would take me to respond and then um, I have had to be consistent with being there when I've said that I am going to be there and just um, being open to any type of engagement that those students have welcoming them um, even if they have you know they don't come frequently but just being happy to see them and accepting um, work when it comes you know within that quarter of course I do encourage them to hand things in, but I know um, kids are overwhelmed, but I, I'm in a very fortunate position where I have, I have younger um, siblings of students that I have had before. I have um, families that I recognize from the school. And I know that, and we've all heard this, that this isn't a good picture of how our students would normally be in the classroom. And, um, you know, just having knowing, known them from other, um, um, other times um, in their lives, I, and I can say that to be true. And I tell my students that I want them to do as good as they want to do, and I have to mean that. If they want to redo something, I am open, I am happy, and you know, I make sure that that reflects in my voice. If they're just over the phone and they don't see my face, and I'm and I'm happy to get things, and um, I know that they're they're trying, and I. I just assume that everybody has the best intention. And I think that that um, helps um, my engagement percentage. 
I think that's great. And just knowing you personally and taking classes with you, I know that you're definitely passionate and um, curious and a problem solver. And so I am curious, um, obviously remote learning has come with some challenges. I mean, this girl, I just have to speak for her for a minute, was not only trying to figure out how or what it was gonna look like remote learning um, in a classroom on Canvas, but she also just thought, hey, why don't I help write the curriculum? Oh, and learn Canvas at the same time. So you just jumped in and I just love that. And obviously that trickles into your classroom too. It sounds like you're doing amazing things. But I know it's come with some challenges and obviously you've persevered and so have the other teachers we've been watching. It's been fantastic. But um, what is a challenge that you faced with student engagement and then how did you overcome it? So challenges that I faced with engagement um, are probably uh, having to do with uh, assignments being turned in. And knowing that our families, our parents are our learning facilitators and just um, being, you know, giving those attempts and making sure that the way I'm communicating something is coming across and um, in the way that I uh, to let them know how um, to turn things in. Because when we look at um, the percentage of assignments being turned in, if I'm not having a high success rate, it is not the fault of the students. It is not the fault of um, the families who are trying to help them. It is either, you know, the, the way that I have communicated how I want something to be done, or it is the way um, that I have something um, set up. And no, I, I can't hit, um, I can't hit everything, but, um, you know, just just being open and being communicating and just say, okay, if we couldn't get it turned in this way, how, how now can we get it turned in? And then just um, them seeing that, yes, um, Mrs. Lauterbach is gonna let me redo this. Yes, it is late, but it's okay. And she would like me to turn it in um, closer to on time, but she appreciates it um, when I have it. So I think really, you know, over, uh, engagement on um, Zoom meetings with class, it would be getting things turned in. And I, like I said before, it's, um, you know, students of siblings that I, I've had in the past that I, I know that um, I would normally get more work from this family. But I also know as a third grade teacher, and I've taught first and second grade, I've had to walk over to students who I know have completed something, but it's not in my turn in basket. And we don't have, you know, that I can't walk over to them and say, hey, you know, I watched you finish this, you know, and just take it from them. It is, um, it is so much, it's such like so many more steps than that. It's um, so much further removed and just, you know, being open to um, how they can get um, things turned in. Um, and also, you know, a, a challenge I've had to overcome too is I may not be um, the best at all of um, the different types of things that online learning has to offer. And I get overwhelmed with learning, okay, you can use this site and this site and this site. And, you know, that can be a lot. But we have to remember that we as teachers are phenomenal resources. And we still have our skills um, that we do as educators. And instead of looking at what I am unable to offer, and the online platform, 
I would like to spend more minutes of my day focusing on what I am still able to offer. And I think that that is, you know, a way to do it. And I, I don't want other um, teachers to feel overwhelmed with, okay, I'm hearing this and I have to do this too. And I have to make my Canvas page look this pretty. And um, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, you know, be there. You know, what can you do? What are your strengths? And if your strengths are, you know, those um, connections with students, then that's um, what you should focus on. And you just made me think of something as you were talking just now. What are some things that you've started doing during this remote learning in your classroom that you never did in the past, but you know you will in the future with like with regard to student engagement? Okay, so um, that is a great, great question. Um, I've always, you know, I have thought that I have communicated um, a lot with families, but I don't think that I've communicated with families as much as I have um, since we've been um, remote learning. And um, mm -hmm. I think that that is so important. Now, there's that fine line between we don't want to bug and have our calls avoided and things like that. But, you know, just letting them know that you're there. And in elementary school, when we're not dealing with having 100 students, if I have, you know, I, I have 22 students and I can kind of, you know, get a feel for how families would like to be communicated with, and I um, would like to respect that and keep up that communication with families in, in ways that, you know, and it is definitely different. Um, at Hillrise, we have a lot of parent pickups. I do not get to see this, um, the parents at parent pickup. You know, I have to go out and, you know, make that phone call, send that text message, you know, send that email, and um, just feeling out a way that I can um, get that response. So that is something that um, is, is different, but I will definitely continue to do. Cool. Yeah. So awesome. I want to go back a little bit. You mentioned, you know, just like one of the challenges has been <clears throat> kids turning in their work. Mm -hmm. And are you surprised by the, the ability for kids to use technology? Because it seems to me like I can, I see at the grocery store, for example, it looks like they're 11 months old, they have an iPad and they're doing this stuff. And mm -hmm. yet there seems to be such a struggle right now. Can you talk a little bit about that? So um, I, you know, I look at the things, you know, they can do and they're very capable and probably, you know, more so than me when you share the ability to annotate on your screen um, and there's little things that they pick up on. But what I think is also true, and especially when they really care, right? And it's different. It is, it's such um, higher stakes than playing a game. And you have those students who really, really want to do well. And then you're overwhelmed. You know, I, I'm hitting submit here and I thought I did this right and it just didn't work. Um, work out and oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble and I'm really stressed out and how is this going to work? And I think that that is honestly some of it. And I can see that um, with my own 14 year olds at home who obviously are capable of, of doing things. And I can speak to that as somebody who has taken online classes and constantly worrying about, did I do this? Did I do this? Check, 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 check look at those due dates. And that's only, you know, taking two classes at a time and being constantly worried about if something happens. And 
they are also inundated with information. If they get um, your Canvas messages, you know, not only from me, but from the specials teachers, and they don't know, I think it gets too much. It's like half of this I didn't have to look at. Okay, Mrs. Lauterbach is setting up Zoom meetings, and that was automatically sent to me. But, you know, I think that they they can do it. Um, some of those things, you know, we just don't think about. Maybe they were issued a laptop, which is easier to work with for a lot of reasons, um, but it's not as easy to take a picture of your work and send it to your teacher. And my third graders may not have a phone. They have to wait on their parents to come in. The parent would have had to have downloaded that Canvas app. And it, it, it just, you know, it just turns into a lot. And I see um, some students really, really wanting to do well and I have assignments turned in in the wrong place, or I get something that is blank. And I don't think that, you know, like, oh, you know, of course you can do this. You have all of these other things. I think, you know, that the stakes are higher for them. They get stressed out too, you know, just like we do. And I remember, um, you know, in the fall of 99, when I first um, went <laughs> um, to NMSU and they, were, they had Blackboard and not Canvas. And I remember, freshmen were not allowed to take fully online courses. We like they wanted the freshmen to have, you know, that we weren't mature enough as 18 year olds to have full online learning. And I have eight and nine year olds in my class. And and I can tell you that they were right. I I wasn't. I couldn't have been <laughs> on top of it uh, um, enough. And Neither, you know, and so my, the eight and nine-year-olds in my class have those struggles and my 14-year-old boys have those struggles and um, they, they want to do it. So again, just presuming those positive intentions and just because you're adept at one form of technology when it, it's not high stakes and you're having a good time does not mean that that automatically crosses over to something that may give you some anxiety. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of us are in that place. Like, I'm not sure if I did something right or am I doing it right? I, even though there's things I've got, I've reverted back to kind of like, there's something that I really knew how to do. Say like, I've known for a long time and all of a sudden I'm thinking, did I do it right? Am I sure this is the right way to do it? And I'm really anxious about that. But um, you mentioned earlier about keeping it simple. And I really love that idea of just like knowing where you're at and being good at what you're doing. But are there anything other than Canvas or Zoom that you're using to help um, keep students engaged? Yes, I am using um, my I'm using parents, um, and I've gotten them on my, on my side. And if without the families in my class, um, I would not be as successful as I am. And I and I I'm looking at my human resources when I'm looking at human in, um, in engagement. I'm looking at my relationship with um, my with my students. I'm looking at my relationship with their families and parents. And I am relying on, um, you know, knowledgeable um, co-workers and colleagues, you know, like Tina, like other teachers in my building, like my administrators and having those positive relationships. But as far as other than, you know, and I do use iReady, which is our district um, curriculum and, you know, but I am not, you know, I use Canvas, I use Zoom, I use those th that, that it has to offer. 
But I have noticed, you know, when I tried to introduce something else, and it could have gotten better with time, that even, you know, very, you know, um, on top of it, families, you know, just wanting to be there, and I hear from them frequently, would would have panic moments. You know, like, oh, okay, well, I'm not, I, you know, getting in there um, and just um, being nervous. So, you know, when I have small group meetings, um, my my school purchased um, RAS Kids for, and you can get leveled books. I use those and I share them out. Um, part of our curriculum that we developed for Canvas ELA, you know, we use um, uh, Newzella and um, that 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 is a useful tool. But I, you know, I don't go off and do um, other things that some people may just think make their their stuff look more interesting and more and that and that's okay. And some people maybe it's their abilities over mine that make it um, more accessible to their students. But I, I'm trying to make it um, you know comfortable for everybody, limiting the the number of things that they have to do. And, um, you know, trying to focus on my strengths, which would be, you know, those um, connections and um, just my ability to teach during that asynchronous time in our small group time. And I just have to go off of that. I thank you for, for keeping your Canvas courses kind of simple like that, because I've seen so many teachers who have all kinds of bells and whistles and different programs that are linked in. And I think sometimes it just like complicates and overwhelms, you know, I, I'm coming from the high school level. Um, mm -hmm. And I see that even with the high school students that the teachers who have a more like just basic, not too many bells and whistles, not too many different programs um, seem to have better success. So I just, I had to chime in there just because <laughs> I've noticed that. <clears throat> So I think that kind of wraps up um, our our podcast today. Let, can I just ask you a question, um, Krista? Or go, go ahead, Kina. No, I just was going to say um, that I'm just dying to know. Just one little last little outtake here, but you know, I'm sure knowing you, you could write a book about all the things that have happened this year, but just. Could you just personally tell us in your classroom um, just what's your favorite memory so far? So, um, and I, I, oh my gosh, you know, there, there's all these little moments when you actually make these connections with students and who they are as people. Um, I mentioned in the beginning about what kind of student I was. I have a student in my class that reminds me a lot of how I was, and she's there every day. She does everything. And it's not as easier um, as easy for her as it is for others. Um, we have a lot of birthdays this month in my class. Lots of opportunities to um, mess up Happy Birthday over Zoom and our timing, and it's been fabulous. Um, and this student shared her birthday, and I know I've seen it before, and you know, but I hadn't gotten to tell her live. And I was just like, "Oh, we're birthday twins!" So that was just another connection that we had, and she felt so special and brought it up many times and you know everyone just talking about um their birthdays this month I don't know how it happened that I had so many um and mine and the students are not this month but it, it just happened that I had a whole lot of um birthdays this month and she wanted to to bring that up and we had that connection and just to you know um because she tries and uh 
throw things out there and it may not always be accurate and, you know, pulling out where she is and um, the steps that I can see that she's making and, you know, the connect, um, uh, the progress that she's making and, oh, I can see what you've done here. And then just to her, to her, to have that, you know, validation and to, just, you know, like, oh, that, that's really, you know, that's really cool. And just that other connection there. But I think, yeah, that was special for both. That's awesome. I know that you're big on building connections, so there's no surprise. And I guarantee you that's a big part of your um, student engagement. The kids come in every single day because you make them feel special. You make them feel like they have value in your classroom and you're getting to know them as best you can, even through this online platform. Awesome. And that's kind of along the lines of what I was going to ask too. So you kind of answered my question. I was going to ask for the standout moment. Christy, I, I appreciate all that you're doing. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. I, I know that this is going to be helpful for other teachers as they listen. So, you know, thank you for your wisdom and um, all your, your tips and tricks. And, um, and also Kina and Laura, I, I can't thank you enough for helping me with today's episode. Um, and for helping get this episode ready. And um, I know you're helping out with some ideas for future episodes. So thanks in advance as well. Um, for our listeners, uh, I just wanna ask you to, you know, please follow us on VL2LCPS. And that is VL2LCPS. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, you could also, you know, on those platforms, you can share feedback and give us ideas for future episodes. Um, and you could also email us at vl2 at lcps.net. Again, that's vl2 at lcps.net. And thank you for being with us today. And we look forward to seeing you next time.